and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. Happy holidays to everybody. Joining us from New York City here on Saturday morning, December 23rd, is Tim Bontemps. Hello, fellas. How are we doing? Tim's getting over to the Knicks game here in a little while, but uh, he's going to head down to Miami to um, cover the 76ers and Heat for us on Christmas Day. And heading off to Phoenix on Christmas Day to cover the Mavericks at the Suns is one of Dallas's finest the one, the only band McMahon. Howdy, partners. They felt like the Suns needed some Christmas cheer, so they sent me there to give them some. They're going to be so happy to see you. I'm sure Luca will be as well. Luca has always said he loves spending his Christmases with you. <laughs> I think that's his favorite part of playing on Christmas. <laughs> I think that's right. He's like, boy, Christmas with Devin Booker and Tim McMahon. Glorious. That's what I signed up for the NBA for. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a look here at the Christmas Day games. Um Got five of them. You guys are going to be at two of them. But the first game out of the shoot is uh, Bucks at Knicks on Christmas at noon Eastern. And the Knicks, interestingly, for this game, I believe Bontemps are going to be without uh, both Mitchell Robinson. Obviously, he's out long term and Jericho Sims, who's been starting in his place. And, you know, the Bucks aren't the perfect team. They're, they're working on various things, but they are one of the most dominating paint scoring teams in the NBA, particularly because Giannis is one of the great paint scorers in the history of the game, certainly in the modern era. And uh, I don't know if I'd be so excited um, that uh, to be, if I were the Knicks having to face Giannis on Christmas day without, you know, my starting center and my, you know, my backup starting center, even though Isaiah Hartenstein is really their backup. But uh, um, you know, it's always, it's tradition to have uh, Madison square garden. The, the, it's almost always a first game out of the shoot. Um, it's a great atmosphere. I've gone to them. You've gone to them, Bontemps. But I know Giannis will be keyed up for this game, and Lillard will be keyed up for this game, and it's gonna it's gonna be a challenge for the Knicks, I think. Well, it, it's a unique setup on a couple of fronts. First of all, I'm about to go watch this same game in a couple of hours because they're playing a baseball series. Uh, so they're playing at noon mm. on Saturday, twelve thirty, and then they're playing at noon on Christmas, which is an interesting thing to to set up for the Christmas Day game to have, you know, the second straight game in three days against the same opponent. And like you said, you've also got the injury thing with the Knicks hanging over them with Mitchell Robinson, you know, certainly out for deep into the season at a minimum with this ankle issue he's having surgery on. And Jericho Sims probably going to miss a couple weeks. Knicks signed a, a guy off their G League squad today um, to a two-way contract to give him a little more depth at center. But they're probably going to be rolling out there with Isaiah Hartenstein, who, like you said, has been maybe the best backup center in the league is a very good player, but then they're probably going to play Taj Gibson some, who they just signed off the street a few days ago. Obviously a long time coughing on a Tibbs. Looked like a guy who was signed off the street a few days ago when he first got a chance <laughs> to play the other day. No, uh, listen, Gibson looks good, dude. He he was dominating my Sunday morning pickup game a few weeks back. <laughs> I mean, he had to Ta ask out of the game. He was like, Tibbs, yeah. Tibbs. I mean, Taj is yeah, right. Taj's an all-time great dude and has had a great career, but he certainly looks like a guy who's at the end of it. So um, it'll be interesting to see how the Knicks handle that. And then on the other side, the Bucks have to find a way to guard Jalen Brunson, who in the first couple of times these teams have played has absolutely torched them uh, and has, you know, sort of been emblematic of the problem the Bucks have had all season, which is they can't stop a nosebleed on the perimeter. So there is going to be interesting to see how that stuff shakes out. And whoever wins today um, – you know, it's probably going to be a little more difficult than normal for them to win on Monday, having to win back-to-back -back games in the baseball series and stuff. So be a fun matchup. The Garden crowd will be lit for Christmas Day game like it always is. And 
I will be watching from Miami to see how it goes. And there's a, whoa, hey, you're going to Miami for Christmas, but you live in New York and they have a game there? <laughs> Got to go watch the MVP. Oh, okay. Um, it is a little pettiness in this situation, too. You've got Julius Randle's fresh mocking of the game ball situation. Uh, just, <laughs> just a little pettiness, a little pettiness. Got to love it. But you said the the Bucks were one of the best paint scoring teams. I'm like, dude, the Bucks are the, one of the best offenses in NBA history. Period. Like, I know we we talked a lot about how messy things are in Milwaukee. This, that, and the other. They are averaging one hundred twenty point two points per hundred possessions. That would be the best in NBA history, except for these. 76ers and Pacers are currently better. And like they're 21 and seven going into the game that Von Timps is about to go watch. Uh, as messy things have been, dude, they are a half game out of having the best record in the NBA. So this is a massive challenge coming out, uh, coming down to uh, Madison Square Garden for the Knicks. And then, you know, to not have a rim protector when Giannis is coming through. I think Bernard King's Christmas record is in jeopardy. They had us do that five on five and they asked for a bold prediction. And I'm like, oh. Well, yeah. Giannis never looks at the stat sheet. So, how is he going to possibly know? <laughs> never. Uh, never. Uh, uh, it's not so, the stat sheet, it's the scoreboards. And I'm promising you he'll be looking at that if he gets near 60. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Bernard King is um, uh, 60 points is the record, I think, in like 80. 84. 84, yeah. I have an on record prediction of this happening, Wendy. I know I know you love those five on fives for that. <laughs> love predictions. Bold loves predictions, to make not just love, predictions. Brian loves to make predictions, as everybody listening knows. Well, uh, you know, I you know, I did uh, NBA today this week, and you know, we have this new N in uh, ESPN bet stuff, and so in certain situations we have to make like picks. And I kind of you know, I get cornered. What am I supposed to do? So, you know, I just want you to know that one of the picks I made this week was the Pistons over the Jazz. So take, take you know, I should I keep that, in all, you know, keep that in mind when I ever say anything about individual games. I got it. Uh, by the way, I got a, uh, I think I can say this, uh, our, one of our Jazz buddies, Derek Gardunia, the PR guy, tweet or uh, texted me a clip from our last pod. And I was thinking, uh-oh, what do we say about the Jazz? But Nothing. Just, it <laughs> was just highly entertaining. Now we do. I think we mentioned the the possibility of the Pistons streak ending, but I was like, "Oh, did I say something bad?" But it was just him being highly entertained of me calling you guys jackasses a a, a blast a blast. I think he was past. calling it. I think he was calling me. I think you were calling me that. I wouldn't be the first one in this pod's history that, to do that. That's true. And certainly, that certainly uh, didn't go as viral as the, as the previous. Wow. I stand by what I said. Um, as you always do. Jalen Brunson is averaging a career high 25 points a game. He's shooting a career high uh 46% from three-point range on almost seven a game. Um and that has been that has been a massive change for him going mm -hmm. forward. His three-point shooting. He's firing him up way more than ever. He's shooting way better than ever. And that's a real game-changing thing for him. If that's that's going to become a sustainable thing. Um yeah, he was always a better than average three-point shooter. Yeah, it was always about volume. Even when he was playing off the ball, primarily in Dallas with Luca, he was ne he's never been a high volume three point shooter. And you know, yeah, last five years, two, two point nine, three point two, four point seven, and now six point six attempts yeah. from three. And if he's a, if he's a high volume three point shooter, in addition to everything that he's able to do, 
you know, in ISO situations and, and finishing in the paint. I mean, he's a he's an insanely good finisher for a guy who is six foot one and not explosive. He's just so crafty. Uh, if he's a high volume three point shooter, in addition to that, you know, I know there's been a, some controversy about is he a one A? Becky Hammond says no. Suddenly she's <laughs> like an enemy of New York. I'm not sure he's like. There's not a whole lot of one A's, but he's there's a, like five he's, of them on the planet. The yeah, idea that Jalen Brunson is and isn't some sort of crime against humanity, but he yeah, is an what, awesome player. Yeah, what he is is a is a legitimate all. Well, NBA. that's not as as someone who was sitting two feet from Becky when she said it. That's not what people are upset about. People are upset about that she said he was just too short. I mean, it's not the Joe Flacco is the elite argument. It's uh, it's the it's the you know she said he couldn't be because he's too short. Well, in the history that's, of the that's league, what fired well, that's, well, in, that's in the history of the league. In the history of the league, there's arguably been one guy his size that's been good enough to lead a team to a title. And that's Steph Curry. You can make an argument uh, about no. Isaiah Thomas. Well, well first off, say, Steph Isaiah, is taller. Absolutely. First off, Steph is taller. Steph is taller than Jalen Brunson. Like wow, wow. but but six, margin. but six, six, three and under. There's the, you. If you what want you to mean, say Isaiah Thomas, then there's two. What do you mean you could argue? Did Isaiah Thomas not win two rings as the Pistons' best player? What are you talking about? You can argue. Well, listen, I'm I'm going to get my guy Vinny Goodwill among others mad. I think you can I think you can make an argument that those bad boy Pistons teams are more of an ensemble than they were. Okay, him being... Isaiah was absolutely the one A on that team. I mean, come on. Sure. I mean, let's sure. just for the sake Either of way, argument say that Isaiah guys. was the one A. Sure. Uh, then there's two. We're still talking about a, a very small list. And look, um, yes. This is this is a this is bait. This is you know it's not it's not a real conversation. Like, right? No, I, I don't think Jalen Brunson would say. I mean, th- obviously the Knicks are still in the hunt for a, a, a megastar. I, I don't think you know Jalen is very cautious when he says in interviews anyway. But I don't I don't. Oh yeah. I think Jalen. Here's what Jalen. Here's what Jalen Brunson is. Good enough to be a key player on a championship level team. He has been the second best player of the team. Has been in the conference finals. He's good enough to be a guy that. Is certainly one of your two or three best players on teams going to win the title. Absolutely. The Knicks just need to get the number one guy, which and by the lots way, of teams do. The other thing that Jalen Brunson is, is one of the best bargains in the NBA. Remember when Easily. when the Knicks signed him to that deal? Oh my gosh, $104 million for Jalen Brunson. Are you kidding me? Dude, that contract for his per- – I mean, he's a, he, he is a max player. He's absolutely a max so player. So he can extend this summer. Is that correct, Bontemps? Yeah, because uh, two the years last after year, his last deal's done. So yeah, this summer he could extend. And the last year is a player option, which you know I'll go ahead and break that story right now. He ain't picking up that player option, especially the contract is a descending deal. Report colon, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but common sense colon. <laughs> yeah. So look, he's playing great. Like I, I think he's put himself in a position to, uh, to a strong position to make the All Star team, which is a terrific accomplishment. Um, in a, I mean, he arguably should have made it last year. He was he was probably the biggest snub last year. Yeah. Um. So, and a uh, great opportunity. You know, look, it's it's not going to define the season, but a great opportunity. I mean, you know, they play twice, but it's a great opportunity. Him against Dame, and you know, he we'll we'll see. You know, by the time this pod is up, we'll see what he did today. But he had forty five the last time he played the Bucks. You know, that's red meat for him. They're weak on the perimeter. He's terrific mm-hmm. off the bounce. Um, his in between, I mean, you're talking about a three point game, but his in between game is superior. Um, you know, he he they have an incredible couple of days here against the Bucks, and uh, really, you know, frame it even more so. So, um, you know what else right, he is? He's he's a he's a guy who loves the bright lights. For as much as he shies away from media attention, 
And as his dad, Rick Brunson, once laughed while telling me Jalen's boring as stuff in, uh, <laughs> in interviews, he, he loves he loves big stage games. I mean, you look at his national championships, you look at what he was able to do during that last playoff run with the Mavericks, look what he was able to do in the playoffs last year with the Knicks. So he's, got he also, he's, he's been he's been such a great fit here in New York. Like, obviously, it all, it, ever, it all made sense from all the ties he had to come back here when he signed here. But just he is he is just fit in so perfectly here. And like you said, McMahon, there's there's a lot of guys who come here and aren't necessarily comfortable with all the attention that comes yeah. with being on the Knicks. And while Jalen is never going to be, you know, winning the the interview award that the Rider Association hangs out at the end of the year, he he does completely embrace what it means to play at the garden and be mm-hmm. the point guard of the Knicks. And it's been, it's, it's been awesome to watch. Listen, it's, I'm sure it's been a long time since the Knicks have had a player they could fight for what you could debate about that. So it's yeah, a good thing. there you go. <laughs> yeah. it's true. Uh, uh, okay. So the second game is the, uh, on, on Monday is, uh, is the champs who get to uh, host the LeBron James rule. Um, I always think this is funny because, you know, for years they shipped, they would ship LeBron to LA when he was with the Cavs and the Heat. I think I spent three Chris, three Christmases in a row or three out of four in LA when I was covering LeBron on a daily basis. I had multiple Christmas dinners at the pantry, which if you know what that is, it's a legendary 20, it's not 24 hours anymore post pandemic, but it was a legendary 24 hour uh, place um, right next to uh, state then Staples Center. I've had breakfast and, with you there. Here, here's a shocker too. When you picked up the check, <laughs> I don't remember that. You could have said you picked up the check, and I would have apologized. Uh, no, I had Gator <laughs> on for sure. I did the fake wallet reach. <laughs> but yeah, you know, since the pandemic, it's like it's gone from twenty four to three sixty five for like seventy years. So it's like closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. It opened for like Ooh. six hours. It's it's a rare. It's a it's a it's a, a casualty of the pandemic. Anyway, um, so LeBron like. You know, as the Heat were winning titles, like, you know, kind of banged on Adam Silver said, hey, the champs should uh, should be able to stay home for Christmas. And Adam said, you know what? You're right, LeBron. And then he like won one more title in uh, the next six years. And he kept having to go on the road on Christmas. But since he's been in L.A., he's been he's been home as they are uh, later on Monday. But uh, this is the champs uh, privilege to be home on Christmas and they host the Warriors. The, The challenge here is that the Warriors, especially right now, you know, lean into playing small. And even though the Nuggets are maybe not the top of their game, uh, they just have such great size. I think it's a tough, I think it's such a tough matchup for Golden State and their current alignment. But Bontemps, you just saw the Nuggets in New York, I believe on Friday night. Uh, They were playing the Nets, which uh, they won. Um, What is the state of the Nuggets right now? Is they, they've had, they've had quite a road heavy schedule, I feel like early in the season, but, uh, They've got some big time marquee games coming, and this is one of them. Well, uh, our pal Michael Malone uh, was very quick to point out that the Nuggets have played more home games than anybody, and have uh, played more back to backs than road anybody. Road games. Road games. Yeah. Did I say home games? Yeah. I meant road games. I was uh, like, I thought he, they've had a road heavy schedule. Yes, so no, I, he I, said. I apologize. He said repeatedly during his uh, pre and post game last night that they played. After today, because they they've they're play, they they and the Knicks have played seventeen road games. They will have played eighteen of their thirty one road games or games on the road after they play in Charlotte Saturday night. Uh, he is he is a man who sticks to his talking points, boy. Uh, he 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 was going through the talking points. I hadn't I hadn't seen Denver yet this year, and uh, 
look, they 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 sleptwalk their way through this game against Brooklyn yeah. on Friday night. And I, I came away from the game thinking that uh Denver's gonna be just fine in the West to uh paraphrase pra- paraphrase a quote Ooh. from uh somebody else last year. I see. Um and it's funny you mentioned LeBron, Brian, because they reminded me watching them last night in particular of the LeBron Cavs the second time when I they know they're the best team in the West, I think, even though they're not beating their chests about it. In and the West, in the league. <laughs> well, but I mean, I'm, I'm just talking about getting out of the West yeah. first, right? Uh, they obviously, they very well could win the title again, but they, they just feel like those LeBron teams where they know how good they are and they're just pacing themselves through the regular season. And they're just getting their way to the spring. And then they're going to be ready to go once they get to April 15th. Like, they are they know exactly who they are. They know how they want to play. They, You know, Michael Malone is playing Peyton Watson in the closing minutes last night. That was um, interesting. Over it, was inter- it was interesting. Played him over Porter. He had a very bad foul on Cam Thomas. Fouled him making a three. Um, and then Porter went back in the game. Yes. <laughs> it was right after Watson had a great uh attack to close out for a dunk. It was an and one. Yeah. Missed the free throw. <laughs> then there's an and one on the other end where he committed a terrible foul. Yeah, and they're up five. Three. They're up five with 20 seconds to go, and he just plows into Cam Thomas, gives up a gives up a and one. He gets taken out. And look, Michael Malone said after the game, he's been one of our best perimeter defenders. I've got to trust him to stay in the game yeah. there, but he's earned that kind of opportunity. But that's just an example, right? They're playing in a game on the road and, you know, they're experimenting a little bit inside the final 30 seconds. Like I, I think that sort of underscores the position this team is in. I mean, I, I sort of laugh at you saying it's a, it's a tough matchup for Golden State uh, in their current situation. I think it's a tough matchup for Golden State in any <laughs> situation right. against Denver. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just, By I came away from that game just thinking they're Clearly, to me, head and shoulders above everybody in the well, West. Well, in this game you were at, Jokic and Murray combined for 63 points, 16 rebounds, 16 assists, and I'm just doing the rough math, like 65% shooting. Well, and that's the and, other thing. Jamal Murray looks never, awesome. Yeah, Yo, and Jokic never once, like, got into a full sprint. You know, he just kind of, like, you know, just kind of... And he was all excited because on uh, because on Thursday he went up to, to uh, some racetrack in Yonkers to watch the trotters. Uh, is that right? I think w- when the when it's like uh, harness racing, it's called trotting. Isn't that right? right? You, you got me on that. He was he was at the racetrack. <laughs> he goes yeah. to the racetrack and doesn't bet. He just wants to go smell the horses. <laughs> <laughs> wow! But you're right. Look, no matter what, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Warriors. But without Draymond, the size becomes that much more glaring and. <sighs> For all the focus on Draymond and and you know Clay's struggles, which by the way Clay's now he's in a little stretch here where Clay's shooting yeah. really really well. Well, that's the thing that the Warriors have been. They put some wins together. They've you know they've gone to Brandon Pajemski and Jonathan Kaminga in the starting lineup. That is working. They are giving significant minutes to Trace Jackson Davis, uh, the guy who was picked at the end of the second round out of yes. Indiana, and Played really Kirk, well. Yeah, I mean. They and the whole league plays on Saturday, so yeah, they're so they're they're uh, home to the Blazers. So we'll see what happens. But um, her, but you know who's not playing well? That's really important in this one is Looney. That's true. And Looney, Kevon Looney, like, Kevon Looney's looked old. He's yeah, looked, and, looked and he's not old. not that old. I looked it up last night because I'm he's twenty seven. 
but but he's old but he's old in body miles though yes, i mean had both those old... hip surgeries has dealt yeah. with a bunch of stuff has been a fantastic player for them but looks yeah. looks like he's lost he was already a guy who was sort of ground bound as it was and it looks mm -hmm. like he's lost a little bit of burst and when you're yeah. a guy who plays like him if you lose a little bit of burst it can make a big difference we also i think need to point out by the way mike dunleavy jr took over this job in june and in his first week on the job he trades Jordan Poole, gets out of that contract, which was a Houdini act based off how things have gone since then. And then he drafts. Jordan Poole is not uh, looking good this year. <laughs> no, that that's that that's a contract. Right. If it was on their books, they wouldn't be able to move. So he got out of that deal, got them a lot of flexibility moving forward, which is pretty important for where they've been at financially. And then in the same week, drafts Brandon Pajemski 19th and gets Trace Jackson Davis with the second to last yeah. pick in the draft. Like, that's a pretty damn good first week on the job. And if you look at this Warriors team, if they hadn't had that week, they'd be, they're already in the dicey spot. They would be in a hell of a lot worse spot if they hadn't well, got all that stuff done right away. Well, so Steve Curry is, so look, you know, I, I, obviously the whole organization was buoyed by the win over the Celtics. Um, th that was a great performance. And, you know, the Celtics were riding high. They had a five game win streak at that point. That game was a little bit more about the Celtics to me than it was about the Warriors. But but Steve Kerr has sort of declared he thinks the team has pivoted now. He's like, he I think he feels like the team's in a you know in a relatively good place. You know, they're four and one since the suspension started. Right. So, but he I think he just likes the way that they're playing. So yeah. again, we'll, well see and, how they handle. They, they just lost to the Blazers, or they just barely beat the Blazers last week when um when uh, Curry had one of the worst games of his career. So I, I don't want to assume that they're going to beat him at home tonight, but you know, it's possible they could come into that game having won five or six. Um, and be Monday. back over 500 if they win that game too. But this, uh, this Trace Jackson Davis is <laughs> like, you don't think for a, a veteran team, a, there's been a dynasty like the Warriors. You don't think a second round rookie can be that important, but if Looney is struggling, if Trace Jackson Davis emerges as a consistent factor, as a big body, a big, you know, 6'9", 245 energy. And in that Boston game, look at his line. 25, uh, I'm sorry, I got the, pl the plus minus is 25, but 10 points, 13 rebounds, plus 25, a few blocks. Followed that a up huge block on Jalen Brown on a dunk. Jalen tried to end his life on a dunk, and he swatted it away. It was a very impressive play. Yeah, followed that up with 10 and 15 against the Wizards last night. Uh, the, the list of rookies who have had consecutive double-doubles this year is Victor Wimbanyama, Chet Holmgren, and Trace Jackson Davis. Pretty good company. Pretty good, pretty good company. And look, I'm not saying he's going to be a double-double machine every single night, but uh, I, I'm saying it does look like they might have found a, a real player in, with the 57th pick, and they... You know, frankly, they need him to be a real player. Yeah, his vertical threat uh, inside, giving them a bit of a lob threat, and a guy can go get the ball. It gives them a different look. And and like you said, especially on a night, if you know if Looney doesn't have it on a night, and they can roll him out there, it's it's a pretty significant thing because they don't really have that. And frankly, Jonathan Kaminga, who's been a pretty polarizing guy there throughout his career, is in probably the best stretch of his career. I think he scored double digits eight straight games in a row. Steve Kerr said after that last yeah. game, it's the best he's ever played. He's obviously a guy that has been in and out of Steve's doghouse over time, but he's been starting. He's played him some big minutes. Um, you know, so they are getting some pretty significant contributions from these young guys. Moses Moody's played really well. Um, 
but they still need to get Clay Thompson all the way back. He's been better. They need Andrew Wiggins to get out of the funk. He's been all season and he's been awful. I mean, I, yes, Andrew Andrew started to play. He started to play a little bit better and then he blows his hand in a car door and has been terrible ever since he came back. And obviously they're not going to go anywhere if they can't get Draymond sorted out when he, whenever he does eventually get back on the court, but the young guys are playing well and that's, yeah, you know, it's given them a real boost when they needed it. Going into this game tonight, um, this is Clay Thompson's three-point shooting over the last two weeks. Now, it comes off where he had just a terrible stretch where he had a couple of one-for-eight three-point shooting games. But these are his last uh, five three-point games going into Saturday's yeah. game. Eight of 12, four of nine, five of 10, six of 15, four of 10. Uh, all over that 40%. Sounds, yeah, that sounds like Clay Thompson. Yeah, well, it's like and, last year. He was terrible the first six weeks, and then he hit over 300 threes and was incredible the yeah. final four months of the year. And if he can do that again, that the Warriors will immediately start looking a lot better if he looks like Clay Thompson again. Yeah, and Clay Thompson kept them afloat last year when Steph went out. That's mm-hmm. why, like, as he got off to this slow start, it's you always have to be a little hesitant to shovel dirt on greatness. And obviously, Clay Thompson is one of the greatest shooters of all time. But just because like, it's not like we had to go back a long time. Last year, got off to a slow start. And then, you know, for much of the season, was one of the best shooters in, you know, in the league. And didn't finish strong, faded in the playoffs. But he's still there. He, he you know, when he gets in a groove, he's still a historically elite shooter. Jackson informs us he's shooting 39% from three in the last 10 games. It's pretty good. And 96% at the foul line. Also pretty uh, good. By the way, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, his his, fa- his father is Dale Davis. Oh, yeah. Um, Wait, what? The- really? Yeah. yeah. I had no idea about that. I know. That's he's wild. not really a super pub. Well, so he, he didn't. Dale wasn't. I don't. He doesn't consider Dale his father. He considers uh, Ray Jackson, who was a running back uh, in the in the NFL. Um, I think he oh. kind of raised him. I don't know everything there, so I don't want to go into it. But it. I, I really just learned that recently. Uh, I didn't. I mean, uh, Bob Thompson. I saw Trace Jackson Davis play last year in the NCAA tournament because, yeah. uh, unfortunately, Indiana pounded Kent State. Uh, Bob Thompson. McMahon, uh, Bontemps drove me up to Albany from New York. I flew into New York and he drove me up to Albany. I remember. We talked about uh, this on the pod. I can't believe you spent that much time voluntarily with (laughs) him. Well, it was a rough drive back that night because that drive back from Albany, there's not much going on. And, uh, you know, Kent Kent took it. But, um, uh, you know, I didn't know that then. And I didn't know that when he was drafted. When you you see the frame, that's for sure. Yeah. uh, When you you look at his face, you say, wait a minute. you're like, you, that does kind of look like Dale Davis. Uh, so anyway, that's, I mean, all the, the funny thing is that Dale Davis was just a brute and a bruiser. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Trace has, you know, very, you know, pretty good athleticism for a guy that size. So, um, uh, but uh, that's, Dale Davis was awfully athletic. You don't grab his, I mean, he was, yeah, he was I a mean, heck, of, he was a heck of a player. I mean, he, he was, was, he was yeah. a great big. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, but again, Trace Jackson Davis, They've won three straight games. He's played more minutes than Looney in all three games. And in the last two, he's played twice as many minutes. Right. And well, you got Steve, the head coach. Yeah. You and got Steve Kerr, coach. Steve Kerr loves Kevon Looney, loves yeah. him. But at some point, you got to wonder it, does that end up becoming a permanent 
switch and he's either starting or when Draymond's back, it's those two guys playing and Looney is not. That's that's going to be something to monitor with the Warriors going forward for sure. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. All right, 5 o'clock on Christmas Eastern time is the big one. Celtics at the Lakers. Uh, classic uh, rivalry here. Um, Zach Lowe said something interesting. He said he wants to see the Celtics in green and the Lakers in gold. None of this Christmas Day, none of these Minneapolis Lakers throwback where the Lakers are wearing white or the Celtics are wearing black or anything like that. I don't know what uniforms they're going to be wearing. And I'm not like super traditionalist, but I wasn't everybody. Don't they wear special uniforms for all the teams on Christmas now? Isn't that like a thing? Well, the thing is, is that the Celtics, the Celtics, you know, special uniforms are the, are the green uniforms. Like, like the Celtics throwback. You know, somebody Zach made me, I'm reading his 10 things, which is like nine things now. And and sometimes it's seven. He, he referred to Draymond's sneering ubiquity and, Good Lord, Zach! Don't make me don't make me look words up while I'm reading. That's a lot of effort. Well, anyway, the Celtics. Somebody asked me one time, "Are the Celtics ever going to uh, wear throwbacks?" And I go, "They wear them every night." Uh, yeah. There are a so, few teams that should never wear alternate jerseys, and these are two of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like it's like the Cowboys should never change their uniforms. Notre That's Dame right. never changes uniforms. The Yankees. There are certain uniforms That's right. that we you don't the Knicks class the Bulls. The Knicks, the Bulls, the Lakers, the Celtics. They should never mm-hmm. have alternate jerseys. Well, the Bulls you know, sometimes wear on, on, on St. Patrick's Day, they sometimes have worn those green jerseys. Uh, that's kind of interesting. But, you know, sometimes, you know, for big home games, the Lakers sometimes wear their whites. Um, but I agree. I think this should be Lakers in gold versus the Celtics in, uh, in green. Please, please. You know, on the regular Laker court, don't, you know. Please. I'm with Zach on that hundred percent. Let's see, let's see these teams look like they're supposed to and just and just that. for for posterity's sake, take down the uh just cover up the the uh in season tournament banner for this game. <laughs> cover up the, cover, hey, cover up the jinx banner, the curse banner, because they have been bad since that in season tournament. They've been bad outside the Vegas. tournament. They've been bad outside the tournament all season. They go seven they're, and zero in the tournament. They're what, eight and fourteen in non tournament games? What what are they since the tournament? One and uh, five, I think. Uh, well, they're playing Oklahoma City tonight. Um, <laughs> so they'll be one and six. I'm going to guess. Yeah, going into going into this game, they're one and five. Their one win is by three points over the Spurs, who they wow. lost to two the days later, and so broke the Spurs' 18 game losing streak. 18 games. Oh, I mean, and LeBron's sat that one out. Has been banged up, et cetera, et cetera. He's okay, and I'm going to say. Well, by the way, they're scheduled to end the month. Thunder Saturday night. Then they play the Celtics. Certainly not going to be favored to win that game. They get Charlotte at home. They should win that game. And then they end the year on the road with the Wolves and the Pelicans. Like the Lakers. They go right back to Minnesota that fast. Yeah. The Lakers wow. are in some trouble. Lakers are in some trouble. Well, they have a they played a very heavy road schedule. I think uh McMenamin told me since Thanksgiving it'll be eight twenty-four of thirty-two days on the road. Um, but here's the thing about this. While it is important to point out home and road stretches as relative to team short-term performance, everybody plays 41 and 41 over the same Not amount of days. Not anymore. Well, that's right. The Lakers have played. <laughs> <laughs> Lakers 41, are getting 42. 41. Lakers are getting 42. Yes. Yeah, the Knicks have and, like 42 road games. So 
and is out roughly. <laughs> okay, the, okay, you're right. I take it back. However, I do believe, uh, according to Mr. James, the Lakers were compensated for that extra game. Yeah, the, um, the general split's going to be pretty even home and road. Well, they, but, they, and they also got a home game against the Pelicans where they didn't have to try in Vegas. So I'd say it worked out okay for them. Yeah. Well, so after the game um, on Thursday night when they lost in Minnesota, the second half of back-to-back, I actually thought they acquitted themselves well in that game. LeBron sat. Um, yeah, there's Anthony no shame Davis. in losing a close game without LeBron in Minnesota, for sure. Heck no. Minnesota's a beast, especially at home. Um, and after the game, Anthony Davis, and I will say this, the Lakers are – Anthony Davis has been really good over this last few weeks, putting up huge numbers, um, playing through – minor injuries like he turned his ankle in Chicago on Wednesday night and like you know I don't know how his ankle felt but there were other situ- other times in his career where I suspect yeah. he might have sat but he laced it up and played and put up 30 and 9 or something like that you know in a tough game against big physical um wolves um they're getting great production out of him and and they're not and they're not translating it in the win column but after the game he's kind of frustrated and maybe it was just a throwaway line but he's like this game on Saturday is a must win. And I was like, mm. be careful saying that, AD. Do you know who you're playing on Saturday? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> it's an awfully good Oklahoma City team that you're going to see. And I'll tell you what, oh. they, just, they just snapped the, the the Thunder, just snapped the Clippers. By the way, next year, the Thunder going to be playing on Christmas. Our buddy Royce Young, you better uh, prepare for that. Um, well, the, listen, the Little Wolves might as well. I agree. I can watch it's that. It's going to be a lot of competition for Christmas Day games. That's for sure. Yeah, so, they can't all be West teams. So the other day, the uh, the Thunder snapped the um, the Clippers uh, nine. I think it was nine game win streak at that point. It was nine. And, yep. and some of their players came out. I remember specifically Paul George saying, "Whoa, boy, oh Chad boy. Holmgren. Chad Holmgren is a real." And you know the thing is, Ooh. Holmgren had had seven blocks in back-to-back games. And in that game... One, one seven, one eight. <laughs> and I and I don't think he even had a block at all. It was the, the first Clippers. game this month he didn't have multiple blocks. And yet the Clippers were walking out going, holy Moses. But this the man guy also, causes- skinny, kind of goofy-looking rookie Chet Holmgren in a tight game in the third quarter did an up-and-under move where he threw the ball off the glass grabbed it in traffic and dunked with two hands. The dude's got some cojones, some swag, Listen. and is just he's he's been a I mean, he's their number two offensive option and he's as a rookie, he's on the he's I'm gonna, I'm not going to put him I'm going to say he's a defensive player of your candidate. He should be on some ballots if the, if the voting was now as a rookie. I've been I've been joking with you guys uh about how uh Holmgren Wembenyama is going to be the new generation's magic bird. And um, it's obviously a joke, but my point is. Well, it's, it's not really because you discovered them both. So, you know, it, my, my point is like these two dudes, they're special. Not only are they in- incredibly athletic for their size, but they've got some swagger to them. Yes. They've got, they've got some swagger. And that is, I'm telling you, get in on it now. <laughs> get in on and, it and, now. And instincts. Chet, Chet's defensive instincts are unreal and offensively, like, dude, I I thought he would struggle some offensively as a rookie. People I talked to around the league weren't sure that he'd make a significant impact. It's a great situation because of the playmaking around him, but dude, he has been phenomenal on that end of the floor. And he's well, a, he's a talk- matchup problem for centers. He's a huge matchup. Like we talked about 
there's not very many big guys you worry really worry about beating them up in the post. The ones that can, if they have to guard him at the other end, it's a problem as well. Look, we've talked about it. He's what Evan Mobley was supposed to be. Like that, like if, if Evan Mobley was playing the way Chad Holmgren, I mean, obviously he's hurt right now, but if he had been playing the way Chad Holmgren is playing right now, we'd the Cavs would be in a different situation. Like that, that's how good this guy has been walking in the door. We were talking about this in our text yesterday. Would love to see Oklahoma City be aggressive between now and the deadline. Don't have to give up the whole farm of assets they've got to do something, but add some pieces to this team. Because I think they do have a chance to make a run in the West this year if they do that. But by the way, this um, is exactly why Bon Temps and I are never allowed on the NBA Today panel, except for like the dead of offseason. Because in a Lakers Celtics discussion, we are just all in on talking about the Oklahoma. Well, City. I was about to <laughs> bring this back. I was about to bring this back to the Lakers. <laughs> I was about to bring this back to the Lakers. But the you Lakers. You guys were both on the show this week. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I said the panel. To oh. bring this back to the Lakers. That fancy uh, guys getting makeup you know, It's. Uh, you know, they're obviously not in I great have, I situation. I had makeup and hair this week, brother. I There was makeup and hair. Sorry. No, it's all good. They're obviously not in a great situation at the moment. As you said, LeBron and AD have been questionable every game, though they're playing all the time. Yeah. But those guys have missed a total of five games this season, and the Lakers are one game over 500. Like, that, that is a problematic situation for the I'll Lakers. I'll tell you what. The Lakers would be a real threat in the big three because they've got three players three (laughs) players they've got lebron ad and sixth man of the year candidate austin reeves well i gotta i gotta bring up one quick point about austin reeves because i darvin ham said something interesting the other day so they played that game in minnesota and they lost and darvin ham said i want to keep austin reeves around 28 minutes because that has him that keeps him fresh yeah that was interesting to the laker fans trust me when he said that i i was like really we're, we're going to well, have our third best player play 28 minutes a game. That's well, the plan. I would just, I would warn against putting too much stock into public Darvin Ham minute limits. Well, given I the one with a brawn to start the season. I know, but it just, it, that was an interesting, I thought that was a very interesting thing to say on a variety as, of levels. As our buddy Mac 10 said about the LeBron one, the minutes cap was cap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good a line. Good line a good line. By the way, speaking of uh, your boy Mac Tensey, where are the Lakers? What seat are they at right now? They are right now. They are right, right now in. They are in ninth oh, as boy. of right now. They're at oh. half game only ahead because of the, the Suns. Suns. Only because the Suns are uh, eating exhaust right the now. The nickname's well, back. Mac Tensey. The nickname is back. Hey, listen. <laughs> well, if the, if they lose tonight and the Ooh. and the Warriors win, they will be in tenth. They will be ahead. They'll be tied with Phoenix, by the way, tied with Phoenix, who we'll get to for the 10th and final playing spot. Yeah. And listen, I just saw a bunch of folks in Memphis who are having fun again, who think they can get right in that mix. Not right in, but think they can. Hey, I also have a we long t- road to get in that mix. Listen, we talked about this yesterday. If the Lakers lose this game, all right, Memphis is four back in the loss column or the Lakers. Memphis That's is not- 11. Memphis is 11 games under 500, and Jaron Jackson Jr. said it out loud. Basically, their goal is to get back to 500. And if they get back to 500... That's a reasonable goal, by the way. That's not crazy. Absolutely. If they get back to 500, they got a shot to make the play-in tournament. By the way, if they get back to 500, it means that they played... At a 50-some-odd win pace. Yeah. It's it's a 50-something win pace from the I know, but 6,600 
win percentage, which is what yeah. basically what they were last year. Basically, if they return to last year's performance, yeah. post John suspension, there's, there's 55 games left in the season. For they get to 500, they got to go 11 over. That's literally a 60 win pace, or 60 60 percent right. of their win pace. All right, Celtics. Um, they're sort of humming along. They shoot way too many three pointers. Oh no, uh, they don't. No, they don't. Yes, this they is do. not. This is no, not no, they don't. Yes, they do. They shot the other night in Golden State. They shot fifty-eight threes, and yes, if they, they shot okay, and if they had we shot got... fifty-two, they would have won. No, they wouldn't have. They, they, no, 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 no. We have to stop. Or if, they'd have, if they would have made two more. That's right. <laughs> they got they got a thousand wide open shots in the game. They missed. Know, they missed them all. But now Jason hold on. Tatum is hold six on. foot nine. And occasionally, in the in a in a in a big game setting, in a playoff setting, he's going to have to go to the basket. The Celtics made a trade for Kristaps Porzingis in June because their team has struggled at times to execute late in games and isolation situations. Kristaps Porzingis did not play in the game against the Warriors, so the Celtics look like the team they have looked like. Oh, in I'm the past. sorry. Did they not know he wasn't playing? Did did, did they think he was that, on the court? The Listen. Celtics. The Celtics traded for Porzingis, so they would have a different okay. way to attack defenses late in games. At the end of Which the day, they didn't do. Be, well, okay. again, he wasn't playing, oh. and they okay. also missed. Did they know he wasn't playing? I can't. I haven't got an answer yet. Did they know he wasn't playing? Why did they shoot? Why did they chuck away from three point range at the because end? Because the they got one wide open shot after another. There was a possession in overtime where they got four wide open threes and that missed a, all of them. I know, they were not all wide open, and that was a, a one of them by Jason Tatum was was contested. The other three or four shots were wide open okay. shots. They also okay, had Jalen Brown drive to the rim and miss well, a layup throw, with forty five seconds left, and Jason Tatum drove to the rim on Steph Curry and missed a finger roll with twenty seconds left. Okay, the look, idea that they shot too many threes in that game was insane. Look, they missed wide open shots. They are an awesome team. They are absolutely totally built for two thousand twenty four. They have everybody on their court can switch, basically, maybe not Porzingis in, in uh, some Porzingis. cases, but they can switch. They can all handle. They can all shoot from the perimeter. They have just tremendous perimeter defense. Um, they're probably going to win. I would guess right now they're going to be the only 60-win team, if I had to guess, maybe Milwaukee. They'll uh, be in the ballpark. Uh Definitely uh, the the favorites. The favorites to win the East, although obviously Milwaukee and Philly are playing well, but the favorites to win the East. But I do think at times because they're so, you know, because Missoula wants them to shoot so many threes and they have so many capable three point shooters. I if if you're going to take if you're going to criticize them, I think there's two criticisms. One is that they 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 could use another rotation player that's got some experience. And sometimes they fall in love with the three a little bit because they can do it. I think that's a what fair did you, What did you say about Jason Tatum the other day? I don't know. I'm a big Jason Tatum you said, supporter. Yeah, I don't you said like, Jason Tatum I don't like when he be, bails the team out. You said Jason Tatum could be the MVP of the league and yes, can be the best player. I believe that. I McMahon, believe and that. I, McMahon and I both disagreed with that. The Celtics' biggest problem is that the last couple of years when they've played the playoffs, Jason Tatum has not been good enough in these kind of situations. Like the reason they went and got Chris S. Porzingis, like let's just be honest about it. The reason they went got, went and got Chris S. Porzingis is because they have failed in isolation situations in the playoffs because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have not been good enough in those spots. So they had to find another way to attack defenses by getting Porzingis, who can operate out of the post, 
who can give them a guy to attack mismatches. As I've talked, we've talked about a bunch of times on the pod, go back to the first game they played against Miami this year at home. Bam had a bio instead of flying around, um, you know, guarding everybody on the team. He had to stay on Porzingis in that game. It totally shifted the way that Miami could guard them. And Boston looked like a totally different team against them as a result. So they have to, they have to have the best ensemble of players in the league, which they do. They're top six guys. Because their top guy is not Bro, on the same level they as were playing Nicole Jokic a team and these other guys. One of this point was playing one of the smallest lineups in the league with suspect rim defense. They missed forty threes in a game they lost in overtime. Okay, they, I am saying you can, go to, the, you can go to the basket. Year? They've lost six games this year. I, I Dude, agree that they're a I'm great not, team. Their offense is not in need of fixing. They would have the best offense in NBA history, except for there's four better this season. Well, but they're averaging well, over 19 points for 100 possessions, leading the league in three point attempts. Their offense. I agree. Is just no fine. one. I'm not debating Brian, any of that. Where Brian is correct is that their offense. I think that game was instructive because their late game offense has been a problem for years, and it yeah. was a problem in that game. But the issue was not that they were shooting too many threes. It was that we have seen that same script play out where. They had shots at the rim. They had shots from three. They had shots all over the place late in that game, and they did not execute enough to win the game at the end. And that, if you want to look at the Celtics and say, what is the thing that's going to hold them back from winning the title, which we all think they can do, we all think they're one of the two or three best teams in the league, is that they have repeatedly struggled in those situations, no matter where they're shooting the ball from the floor. Well, right. And that's well, why they went Brown, and got Chris. Jalen Brown hands the ball to the opposition. That's, you know. Well, and that's why they went and got Chris S. Porzingis this summer. It's also why they got look in those situations. It's also why they got Drew Holiday. Um, look, I don't, I don't. The Celtics are awesome. I don't want to make this a referendum on that. I'm just saying that's that's a weak spot. And one of the things that they do in late game situations is sometimes settle for shots that where they could pressure the defense a little bit more. Obviously, well, if Jason they, Tatum the gets the ball they, wide open, he's going to shoot it. But I, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's always the case. The other thing they do is they get stagnant, and yes. it, it, it turns into a your turn, my. And that they, happens. That's happened in the NBA for seventy years, and will happen for seventy more. Well, but it's but why... it's a, but it's a specific problem for the Celtics. They have struggled. Those two guys have struggled in late game isolation situations. That's that's been their biggest Which is problem. Why in the the great players, the great wing players in NBA history, the guys who are the one A's, which I believe Jason Tatum is and can be they don't settle in those situations kobe didn't settle lebron didn't settle jordan didn't settle tatum is that type of player he is six foot nine and in that game against the warriors which is one game out of 82 okay he's done he's had a lot of great games i'm just saying that game is instructive because they're going to play those games when it matters i have how many of game sevens hell yes well, I've seen him hit a whole lot of threes in crunch time. I can think of two yeah. uh, to beat the Boston Celtics from the left wing just to, you know, just against yeah. them. Well, you think Luca is a settler? Luca drives like a maniac. It's why he screams at the ref every 15 seconds. All right. <laughs> he screams uh, after step back threes, too. Uh, I'm <laughs> the Lakers we'll have sons later. The Lakers need to, the Lakers need a good performance in this game, even though Boston is, uh, is, you know, Boston's been in California. Wait, where is Boston tonight? They're in, they're in the Clippers. The, they're playing the Clippers in L.A. Saturday the Celtics night. have been in L.A. I think since Thursday, and they've been in California for like six days. The, the Lakers have 
have been in the upper Midwest. It's a advantage Celtics in this situation. Okay. Um, the uh, what time is your game start, Bon Temps? Is that like a seven thirty or eight o'clock Eastern? Uh, I think uh, it's eight o'clock. I'll look right now. At the Kasaya Center. That's what uh, now. That's right. Uh, where the Heat, who are playing better since Bam Adebayo uh, returned from that hip injury, um, they uh, will be mostly healthy. Also, Tyler Hero back from his latest injury, averaging uh, over thirty points the last three games. Uh, so the Heat are going to have a representative team. They're they're going to be, I think, pretty much full strength uh, for when we will see if Jimmy Butler plays. He's missed the last couple games, I believe. Oh, that's right. Uh, the Heat. He didn't play on Friday night. I thought he did. Yeah, I will look. Okay. He sat out the game I was at on Wednesday in Orlando. I thought he played last night, but I could be wrong. I was traveling. He did not. He did not play against Miami. Okay. I didn't think so. All right, we'll see. Okay, and then you've got the 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 scalding hot Joel Embiid. Um, I didn't see. I didn't look at our stats and information notes today. Um, on on Friday night, the Sixers had three guys score over thirty points. Embiid had a slow start and finished with uh, 31, 10, and nine. That is a below average game for him. Yes. Maybe Seriously. not the nine. He had, 31, yeah, I think he had 31 he had, and 10. He had around 10 points at halftime. And then I looked at the end of the third quarter and he was up to 25. Yeah, like Embiid comes off. Man. He's got the longest 30 and 10 streak since Kareem in the Bucks days. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> 31 and 10 is an off night. Not just saying good. it, statistically is an off night. Um, Tobias Harris had 33 and Tyrese Maxey's just, just killing, um, just a, just an extremely impressive situation for Philly. Uh, but th- these are the games that the heat are instructed to win. Um, and, uh, and look, uh, Bam, Bam's got a tough hand. Bam is an undersized center and the heat asked him to do so many different things. And one of them is to deal with these giants like Jokic and Embiid, um, but uh, you know, we had a question uh, on NBA Today this week. I think there's been five or maybe four guys or five guys ever who have scored over fifty on Christmas Day, and we were wondering, you know, this is the you know crazy scoring this year. Um, who on Monday could breach fifty? Who could join that club? Obviously, McMahon. You mentioned Giannis. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely in play. Uh, you mentioned sixty. I wouldn't rule that out. Embiid has two fifty-point games this year. Bon Temps, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out uh, even even in a tight game. Uh, Joel doing it again. Listen, he he's been on he's been on quite a heater. Let's talk about scoring though. It reminds me of a uh, a trivia question that a guy Mike Walchuski, the PA guy of the Knicks, asked me about earlier this week. I thought I was going to throw at you guys on the pod. And now to present today's trivia question, the whiz of the quiz, Tim Bontemps. There are six players in the history of the NBA who have scored at least 20 points per game in every season they played. Mm. Six total. Four of them are four of them are active. Who are the six guys? LeBron is one of the six guys. Luca's another. Luca, oh, one qualifier, minimum 400 games. So Luca is not one of them because he hasn't played enough games. He will once he has. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So LeBron's one. Uh, And you said there's four. Four Durant? active, six total. Durant's another one. LeBron two older Durant. guys, LeBron and Durant, two guys in their prime, and two retired guys. So Embiid? Embiid is one of them. Okay. Really? Got three. Uh, 20 in every season. Hmm. One guy in his prime and two retired guys. And he's played 400 games. At least the four Retired guys is going to be Kareem and Wilt. Both yeah. wrong. 
Both wrong. Oh, that's right. Well, the end of their se- end, end of their careers. Uh, Jordan. Jordan is one. And uh, I thought we were picking the active guys. Hold no, on. there's six total. We're bouncing around. You six total. pick one. You ain't contributing nothing. I just did. I just picked your aunt. Well, congratulations. Jeez. <laughs> uh, there's one uh, active guy and one retired guy. Booker's not on that list. No, nope. not rookie here. No. Nope. Um, Steph didn't. He wasn't nope. averaging. Nope. 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 Okay. Dame? Uh, nope. Good guess. Giannis? No. 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 Giannis no was, you, you're yeah. right. Sorry. Hmm. This team is not playing on Christmas. Anthony Edwards. Nope. Nope. Not enough. Hmm. Not enough games. Well, golly, we're struggling. John Morant? No, not enough games. Nope. Um, I need. I don't think he didn't average twenty this rookie year. Uh, Trey Young. Is that nope. enough games? Damn it. Nope. God, all right. That's that, a good guess, though. Trey Young's a good guess. Noping. The name. Go ahead. Mar Rosen, is it? Nope. Yeah, right. no more nopes. Let's hear some yups. Go ahead. Are you want me to tell you who it is? Yes. Yes, that's what he said. Donovan Mitchell is the other oh, guy of the God, current I players. That one. I should have gotten that one. You should have. One of you should have gotten it. See, it's Brian's favorite team, and you covered him all those years in Utah. One of you yeah, should have gotten it. Donovan's got a nasty illness. He's missing a bunch of games, and the Cavs are wheezing without him. And then, and then the the, the retired, the other retired player is not Wilt, and it's not Kareem. Carl uh, Malone. No, he got a he not Carl, not Carl Malone. Elgin, uh, Elgin Baylor. Not Elgin Baylor. Good guess. Bob Pettit. It's Bob Pettit. Oh, <laughs> this, this, I was hoping the man would guess it. This started because our guy, Mike Walczewski, who's a big fan of the pod, as everybody who listens knows, oh. texted me, texted me after the last pod, <laughs> thought LeBron should have been higher in the straw poll. And, and he, again, he said, we should try to get Bob Pettit on the pod to have McMahon talk to him. Man, I said, Bob Pettit's 91 years old. I'm not well, going to. Well, that's what he said. I don't know. If, I said, I don't know if we're going to get Bob Pettit on a Zoom, but then Mike said to me, he scored at least 20 points in every game of his career. I wonder how many guys did that. So I, every, every game in his career? Every, Wait, every, time out. Every, oh, okay. I, I misspoke. Okay. Every year of his career. Oh, every year. Impressive. He finished with an average of at least 20 every every year of his career. I, I, I started look, going through the guys, and they, that, those are the only guys that have ever done it. No, I mean, listen. Two guys can't... finished their career, him and Jordan, which is pretty good. And those four current guys. McMahon, you'd have loved him in his prime, apparently, because like I said, Paul Silas told me stories about his ankle length mink coats. I mean, the man could dress. I mean, Kyle Kuz. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma. Do I look like a guy who, who wears ankle length mink coats? Give me a break. <laughs> he was the Kyle Kuzma of his day. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all that right. Is, that's a good stat. I gotta give it. I can't. I'm I'm mad about yeah, getting heat. Donovan, though. Um yeah. I'm mad about that just because. I yeah, obviously I covered them him a lot as a rookie, and he was the first rookie to average twenty plus on a playoff team. Well, that, that was the year where everybody in Utah was annoyed because Ben Simmons was um, considered to be a rookie, one rookie of the year. Yeah, and, rookie uh, with a question mark on the Adidas hoodies. Yes, yeah. that's right. 
Hey, I'm I don't hear anybody right in San Antonio complaining about Chet being considered. That's because Chet and Chet and Wimby are both Nike guys. So you're not going to get the shoe marketing. It wasn't. It was more so. Oh, but the Jazz fans were salty. Well, yeah, because Donovan got them salty, and that's when Donovan could do no wrong. Well, well listen, the Jazz were also the Jazz were also winning a lot of games, which they helps were. with being able to be chesty. It's a little hard to be chesty when you're in. You're spent most of the year losing. So that's true. Um, no, we, there's never been a rookie more impressive during an 18 game losing streak than Wimby this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's uh, he missed a, a game this week. I think it was with a sore ankle. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I I mean, obviously Embiid is playing at an unbelievable level, and uh, you know the Sixers had a bit of a stumble on Monday against Chicago, who's been playing much better without Zach Levine. Um, but you know he's he's on a terrific run, and uh, it'll be interesting to see they play. Uh, Miami on Christmas, and then they play in Orlando Wednesday. By the way, we talked a couple weeks ago about Orlando and how tough their schedule was over the next few weeks, and they're they're taking yeah. some some losses. Yeah. Hey, speaking yeah, yeah. of rookies, Miami's got one. Miami's got a really good one. Jaime Jaquez is Christmas debut. Yeah, on, he, uh, he's been awfully he's been awfully good for them. Might be the third might be the third spot on the rookie of the year ballot. I was going to say the to two, me the two big guys. To me, it's. Derek Lively, the second is is in that mix. I will. I is Derek uh, Lively going to be available on Monday? I'm not real confident in that one. Um, yeah. We'll see about Kyrie as well. I mean, Lucas sat we'll out get, last. We'll get night. to that game. We'll get to that game in a we'll minute. Get, yeah, we'll get to that game in a minute. Um, all right. So it'll be uh, it'll it'll be a terrific opportunity for uh, Joel <laughs> to get some uh, spotlight. Uh, who knows? Maybe. Uh, Maybe Giannis will set a new uh, Christmas Day record, and Joel will go try to beat it. A couple hey. hours. Later. Well, should be should be a big piece about Joel on uh, TV at some point on Monday too. Hopefully, oh, wow, who, who did that? Big Bontemps, uh, you know, somebody, somebody. Wow. Holy, what holy. a what a week for Joel! The the sit down treatment with Bontemps, first place straw poll, Christmas Day prime time game. Listen. Man. You know the man's got some real mental fortitude. If he can survive a sit down with Bond ten, he's still on. It apparently lasted like an hour too. Like oh, Joel, you know, I'm not sure. About... I wouldn't quite say an hour, but Joel was very generous with his time, and uh, he's been killing people. So and he was wearing sweats. Can... Oh my gosh, Wendy, he was wearing sweats. What was with <laughs> the wallpaper? What was with the wallpaper in that room? We were room? in we were in the uh, in the old players' lounge at the Sixers practice facility, and they had interesting wallpaper. I don't know what I can. I don't know what else I can say about it. I thought it was like your you know your your study at your uh, at your office. <laughs> yes, Joel, uh, Joel definitely came to my office for well, sure. Well, Joel Joel loves New York City. More Hoop Collective podcast after this. All he, right, he so does, bringing up the rear is McMahon, 10.30 Eastern. Bringing up the rear. You sure as heck are. Bringing up the rear. Saving the best for last. Mavericks at Suns, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. Is Arizona Pacific time this, right now? I don't. I, I, I never, honestly never. I never know. It's a, I, I um, that when I get there. You know, our buddy Ohm, our buddy Ohm Youngmasuk, who was – um who was uh, on the pod the other day from Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, you know, I'm a get-to-the-airport-early guy. Phoenix and, is uh, currently in mountain time. I just checked it on my phone. Good to know. Write that down. Almost one of these guys who wants to step onto the plane. Oh, yeah. 
as the door is closing. And if he doesn't step on, if he if he goes and sits down before the door closes, he's like, oh man, I've wasted well, you know 45 why? seconds because of my he, life. Because he's short. So he doesn't care if he gets to put his bag in the yeah. overhead. That's why, <laughs> like, dude, that's why. Are you going to make another ref comment while no, you're at I'm, it? I'm, you I'm going to say he sure. You got to stop the war. You got to stop the war on short people on the pod. Man. I got a lot war. of comments. I'm, I got a lot of comments at the showcase from people about your your yeah, screed from, about from the refs. Whine, from a bunch of whiny little twerps. No, no, not. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you know, recently earlier this season, Ohm finally did miss a flight. Okay. Ooh, and, baby. And you know, I I've been sort of trying to. To counsel him over the years, you know. I mean, your reward sitting at the gate with no stress yes. is your reward. That's your reward. But anyway, Ohm has been doing better. And he's like, he's 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 dialed it back and he took my counsel. And, and the other day he had to drive from Montgomery to Alabama to fly back to Los Angeles. Montgomery to Mobile, you mean? I'm sorry, Montgomery to Atlanta. To I Atlanta, said Alabama. Okay. Uh, Montgomery to Atlanta to catch his flight back home to LA and uh, he was extremely responsible um, <laughs> left with plenty of time looked at his uh, he was watching his uh, his GPS and it you know and it said we'll arrive you know oh, an hour an oh. hour and 45 minutes before his flight oh this is going to be no problem crosses the Alabama Georgia line oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh, oh, that's terrible. He made it. He said he uh, he was. How did he make it? He always carries like 17 bags. How did he get he, his bags checked? Somehow he got his rental car back. Oh, my God. I mean, the man and I will say this. When the man needs to execute in a hurry, he can do it. That's like need that stress. Well, he uh, so well, he so here's the thing. That's funny. You said that he he called me. From the highway, he's like, "This is gonna be a this is gonna be a story." I thought he, <laughs> I thought he had already like made it. And like that is connection. And he's like, "No, he was in the middle of it." And I was like, "I don't need to worry about this, Olm. Tell me, <laughs> just tell me after it's over. Don't tell me while you're in it." Well, so, you know the other uh, reason I'm gonna get to the airport early, guy Wendy, and you've chastised me for this one. It's because I'm too cheap to pay for t TSA precheck. Oh, that's right. You are an insane person. I cannot believe. You don't have any any travel Man. stuff for all the times you travel. It's crazy. There's so <laughs> many ripoffs in this world, particularly at the airport. It's fifteen dollars a year, McMahon. And this isn't I, one of them. It's it, they literally, it literally would be a deal at ten times the price, at least five. It's a combination but, of too cheap and too like I just don't do well filling out paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> So I haven't gotten around to it yet. My uh, yeah, well, the, the, the registration on my car. Seven years in college. Uh, <laughs> I don't say that out loud. Hey, I'm I'm on a good streak with it. Uh, all right. I'm glad I made it though. You know who's I, not on a good streak right now? The Suns. The Suns. Not oh, on a good streak. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Are the are the Suns in any trouble yet, Brian? After the other day when you declared all is well, all is well in Phoenix. I, well, you know, I don't think it's. You saying I don't think I said all is well. I think they're in a tough spot, and I think that the NBA season is very long, and they are going to need the length of that season. Yes, they have to figure their way out of trouble because they are in trouble right now. They are absolutely in trouble right now. There's way too much of a burden on Booker and KD. KD looked like he forgot how to dribble a basketball last night. 
uh, or Friday night in, in Sacramento. Um, man, it's what have they lost now? Eight of 11? Well, look, they're sitting at 500, and Kevin Durant has missed four games. It's a problem. Now, he's probably not going to finish the season with four missed games. Yeah, Booker's missed a bunch. Beal's missed almost all of them, basically. And it's not going to be back until early January. Who knows when? Right. Yeah. Well, Durant is playing like almost four minutes more a game than he did last year with the Suns. It's a recipe for trouble. And um, that is, uh, to be honest with you, if you want to, if you want me to say one thing that I'm worried about is Durant's minutes. They're not. They don't have the team. They don't have the personnel. They they need Beal. They need to be a monster offensive team. You know, McMahon is always updating us on who's, you know, threatening to break the record for um from best all time offense. The Suns need to be in that conversation uh, from day one, and you know they're not able to. And you know the they 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 signed all these three and D guys, and those guys are not Ding or threeing. <laughs> um, you know, and you, they're minimum players, okay, but you know you. You're banking on one or two of them to have big seasons and you know outplay the minimum. And right now that's not really happening. I guess Gordon is the guy who is, if any of them are. And so um but you I'm know just where Phoenix say, ranks in offense. Not number one or three or five. 15th. No chance at 15th. No chance. They gotta be top 15th three. in offense, 19th in defense. Well, 19th in defense is about where I thought they would be. Yeah. But they need no, to be one. Or, offense. Yeah, that, that, they need to be right. one, two, or three all time in offense with the way this team is structured. Um, if that's you're just, one, two, or three in the league, you're one, two, or three all time. Well, yes. there you go. So um, that's just the truth. And you know, one of the concerning things to me. Well, I've got two things beyond Durant's minutes. One is I know Booker does a reasonable job offensively as the uh, as the point guard, but there's a reason why the point guard position exists in basketball. And there are occasional players who are able to play point guard and the team is able to function very highly over the course of time. But there's a reason why the game was structured where there is a guy that sets up the score. That is, and and historically, if you look at teams that don't have point guards and then they get point guards, they the first thing they say is, man, it's so great. And so I, you know, they made a tactical decision after the way Booker played a point guard in the playoffs last year. But I think you're at, you know, part of the burden of them is asking him to play point guard. You know, two, two of the things that you hear from NBA players are how taxing it is to bring the ball up. Typically if the other team is pressuring the ball and how taxing it is to defend in the post, especially if you're slightly undersized, that's, Dozens and dozens of times in my career, I hear people talk about that, which is why you see um, sometimes the teams give their point guards a break by having another guy bring the ball up the court so that their mm. point guard can rest for a few seconds. And by the way, that makes that makes what Harden did for all those years in Houston so incredibly impressive because those are, he brought it up and he was one of the good. Well, for all the criticism, no the one has really ever questioned. Defender. You can you can question Harden's commitment to conditioning, but nobody can ever question when he's out on the court that he doesn't, you know, exhaust uh, himself offensively. I don't know about defensively. Incredibly durable. Anyways. Um, So that concern, my, my other thing is that they just don't, they don't, the the Suns don't play with a lot of spirit. You know, they just don't Yeah. watch them play and they don't, they act like a team that's coming off a title. They don't act like a team, especially as they've been in this stretch 
you know, and they got a bunch of these guys on minimums. I mean, that you know, you're, you're kind of also buying energy there, and that's that's not happening. And you know, Frank Vogel after these games, like he's not he's not offering. He's basically like, we're gonna get through it. We've got time. Like it's which I believe, but it's not it's not inspiring to hear what he's saying. So I, I don't know I, if I'd say, I don't know if I'll I'd say push, they're in trouble, but it's obviously concerning. I'm gonna push back on you on the Booker thing. He's averaging basically 28 and eight. Uh, you know, he's uh, near the top of the league. I don't know if he's yet officially a, a qualifier, but the only guys averaging more assists per game than him are Halliburton, Trey Young, Joker, Don. I know, but you have Blake to wonder the how their offense would function if he didn't have to bring the ball up. Well, here, here's what I'm saying. Him and Booker are constantly getting blitz, getting doubled. They get off the ball. And at a certain point, like other guys have to make shots. And the offense lately, it, it has been sputtering. But with Booker on the floor, they're averaging almost 119 points per 100 possessions. You know, the, when you when you make the bet that they did on Bradley Beal and you guarantee that your roster is going to be that top heavy and you get absolutely nothing out of that. It's been it 28 be games. 28. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even when he's played, he's been trying to get into rhythm and it, it hadn't been a factor. They've got nothing out of Bradley Beal. The whole idea is, hey, you want to force the ball out of Booker's hands or out of uh, KD's hands? Bradley Beal as a, as a third option will, will make you pay. Hadn't happened. And been 28 know. games and Beal's played like what, three? He's played in six. Okay. But like the sixth one, he barely played. He got hurt early in the fourth quarter. I mean, when, fourth. when, when Durant and Booker have been on the court together, their offensive rating has been 121. Uh, them Booker bring the ball up is not the problem. Their roster yeah, around then, those guys is not good enough. And again, as we talked about the other day, part of that is like they, they spent all this money and then they cheaped out on campaign and a couple other things. Come on, and, brother. They are not in their this spot because they gave away campaign. I didn't you say can, it's because of that. It's they, they had, some functional depth and they depleted some of it to save money. It's part of the problem. It's not the, it's not 80% of the problem, but it's part of the problem. The problem well, is they, the guys they have around those guys have not been good. I enough. mean, they're a second eight apron team. They're not cheap. Well, well they, yes, they year. cheaped out once they went into the second apron, which is why if you're going to make the Bradley Beal move, you have to go all in and they went all in and then pulled some back. You can call it cheap that they they made some financially motivated decisions, if you want to be Either, however you want to phrase it. Um so far this season, when they've had KD and Booker, you've had two superstars and three subpar starters. Because even when Beals played, he hadn't been, you know, like I said, he's been trying to And in 15 games those guys have played, by the way, they're eight and seven. Not great. Not great. There's been twenty eight games played. The Mavericks... let's just not talk about the Suns. Everything's great. We'll just want to talk about it until April. I'm just Good. saying, like, uh, there's why worry about it? Because <laughs> I've watched the NBA for 21 years or longer than that, but I've covered the NBA for 21 years, and okay. I've just seen people make declarations in December, and they don't look so good come April. I mean, what, so. I mean we didn't make any declarations, but if you're just going to say that they've played 28 games, let's just not talk about them. It's like it's all I mean, fine. Do, we'll worry about do it. You have to be careful about making grand conclusions, but you don't have to be careful about identifying the the five alarm fire that's happening right now in Phoenix. Yeah, they no have one, some, they, no they better get the hoses quick. Obviously yeah. they are in us. They are struggling and they're, they're role players that they were banking on 
are looking like minimum players. But it's been 28 games. Yeah. So I'm just saying, okay. The Mavericks have done a decent job, I think, uh, McMahon, of keeping their head above water despite having injuries to their to their frontline guys. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, you know, one of the things <laughs> about Dallas is I can just call up the box score and look and see if Tim Hardaway is making threes. And if Tim Hardaway is making threes, I'm like, well, they're winning this. I don't even have to look at the score. I'll just look at Tim Hardaway's line. I'll tell you how they're playing. But, you know, Luca is having another spectacular season. And um, considering how long Kyrie's been out here, uh, I think they've fared pretty well. We'll see who's available on Monday. But, um, you know, and this is obviously Booker, Luca have, you know, gone chest to chest several times. And considering that it is a game where Beal is going to be out and there's a chance Kyrie is going to be out, I could see the two of them having another oh, sort yes. of classic in this one. Oh, yeah. No no question about that. Um, and, yeah, I don't know what the Mavericks lineup is going to look like. Kyrie's out of the boot. We'll see if 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 he can make it back by then. Uh, you know, clearly he's not going to rush back if he's not quite ready. Lively did his ankle pretty good, it seems like. I don't know that he's going to be ready for Christmas. And you talk about Hardaway's three-point shooting is a, hey, did the Mavericks win? Another pretty good way to figure out if the Mavericks are going to win or lose is, is Derek Lively, the second in the lineup. Yeah. 16 and seven when he's in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And there's certainly some extenuating circumstances on this other stat, but 0 and 5 when he's not. Now, the last few, it's like no Lively, no Kyrie, you know, Friday night in Houston, <laughs> no Luca, no Josh Green, no Clear. Like they, 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 you know, they punted on the front end of a back to back last night. In, uh, in Houston, we'll see what they throw out there against those uh, red-hot Spurs who won a game this month in uh, in Dallas tonight. But, again, you talk, we, we've talked about how much Chet Holmgren is impacting winning as a rookie and how rare that is. Derek Lively, the second, a guy who averaged 5-5 five and five last year for, for Duke, has been incredibly impactful. Uh, as far as winning goes this year for the Mavericks. And that's why, his, you know, when he turned his ankle the other night, that was a pretty big deal. I mean, listen, if we had said back in June when the Mavs drafted him with that pick that he was going to be their third best and most important player this season, we probably would have all thought that the Mavs are going to be pretty bad, right? And the fact that he's been this good and this important to their success so far, it's been a really good sign for them going forward because there's a, obviously a lot of upside there with his athleticism and size and ability that he's already shown this much. Like, obviously we've talked about how Dallas has steps to go to really become a true yeah. championship contending team again, but lively playing like this, it's a pretty exciting thing for Dallas moving forward to have a, a, a young guy with his skill set with Luca for, you know, hopefully a while. Like that's, you know, that's a combo that can grow together and be awfully, awfully good. And and look, the Mavericks paid, I think it was 750 grand. It was a high six-figure fine for tanking the last two games. They got shredded for it. They got, you know, it was it was a humiliating experience, right? And it was absolutely the right move. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't do that, they would have sent like the eleventh or twelfth pick to the Knicks. Instead, they ended up with 10, traded down a couple spots, but they ended up with this pick that is Derek Lively the second. And if this thing is going to, if there's a long-term bright future for Luca in Dallas, 
Derek Lively II is going to be an absolutely massive part of it. And I would argue long-term, and I'm talking, you know, four or five years down the road, he's he's the second most important player on this roster already. I mean, they were they were sniffing around, as you've talked about, for a center in the trade market that might have cost them between 25 and 35 million. They they had discussions about DeAndre Ayton and discussions about Clint Capella leading up to the draft. So way better off having Lively. Way better off. So Lively Lively makes like three, two, three million, four million for the next four years. How about that investment for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars? Is that a well? Good, and and to be that clear, a good investment? To be clear, I I think in 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 any of those situations, like they still would have had Lively on the roster, but he would have been a he would have been a fourteen or sixteen minute per game guy. Well, it's so, about allocation of resources, right? Because yes. like if you don't have Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or Bam Adebayo or Anthony Davis, like a, a super elite, you know, Demar, whatever, all star level center, yeah. You're you're much better off having a guy like Lively. I, obviously, you're not always going to get a tenth overall pick as young as him playing like this. But investing lower money in a solid playing center, and then putting resources in the rest of your roster, and having yeah. him play like this, it gives them the flexibility now to go get other pieces around Luca and him and Kyrie that that can make this team a lot better than if they'd had to invest a bunch of their resources and getting a center to play now. That's not only stunting his growth, but then takes away from the Madden to the rest of the team. Right. All right. Well, they're about to tip off at the Madison Square Garden. So Bontemps has got to get down there. McMahon's got to tip off without Bontemps. That is true. McMahon's got to get in line at TSA because, <laughs> good God. I, you know what? You shouldn't have reminded me about that because I'd Dude, forgotten about it. Well, here's the problem. Usually they got the priority line, but airports have started to get away from the priority line. So it's and kind rightfully of so. Here. And rightfully so. Bontemps, we should just like get him a present and fill out the freaking paperwork form. <laughs> Please. I can't believe the IT department hasn't made him do it just so she doesn't uh, have to endure yeah, this she, nonsense. She, she struggles with paperwork as well. She doesn't have many flaws. That's one of them. She, her half of her. Well, never mind. All right. Except for in the professional world. She's really good out there. I was going to say, like, her big part of her job is paperwork. And she, I've heard her give a pitch. She knows what she's talking about. I, I reject that. All right. It's just saying, no applause. You're right. None. Let's just say that like that's a much um, better answer. She when she ta- when she puts her professional hat on, she sounds more impressive than you. I'll just leave it at that. Well, hey, Wendy at our dinner in Vegas said I agree with 99 percent of what you're saying. That's what she said. <laughs> said to, yeah, I did. And, and boy, I that did. Pissed, hey, that pissed her off because she's like, what the hell is the one percent? <laughs> Letting you off the hook for not getting freaking TSA pre-check. Oh. All right. Thanks to Jackson, our producer, for working on this holiday weekend. Thanks for listening to this droning. Happy on, holidays, on everybody. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Safe travels. Safe travels to you guys heading out on Christmas Day. And uh, thanks for listening. We will talk to you guys. Our schedule will be a little bit off because we got Christmas on Monday. So uh, we'll have a podcast later in the week. So enjoy this one and enjoy the holiday. We'll talk to you soon. Feliz Navidad y adios amigos.